Welcome, everybody, to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Josh. I'm Mel. I'm Lee. We're all here. It is, what day is it? December 8th? 9th? 10th. 10th? 10th. Oh, my God. I don't know what day it is. It's, it's a beautiful fall it's afternoon. The it's the 9th. It's the 9th. It's, 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 um, it's eight more days of Star Wars. Global. <laughs> if you're not counting down, you don't understand the, the calendar very well. I've got an advent calendar at home. <laughs> The, uh, How come you're not already lined up for it? Yeah, actually, the lineup started today, right? Yeah, in, in LA. Um, if you didn't have kids and a wife, would you be lined up? Well, I wouldn't have kids and a wife <laughs> if I lined up. It's the, the answer is both goes both ways, I guess. Uh, I did that when the Phantom Menace came out. I got a tent in a parking lot with my buddies. We did that two nights. That sounds very erotic. It was very erotic. <laughs> Remy Morale shared. I shared a tent with Remy Morale that night. It was probably very sweaty. <laughs> I was like, oh, the Phantom Menace. Jesus, <laughs> eat hot dogs and fart all night. I remember he stole other people's popcorn on the floor and after that screening. We can talk about other things. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I saw Phantom Menace at the Somerset, and then my, my, my bookend story to that is, like, the Somerset Theater is part of my childhood, and I signed Empire Strikes Back there, and I yeah. had friends who work there, and this great, beautiful theater. And then as the crazy fates would have it, I was walking down Bank Street one day, and I turned to my right, and I saw a wrecking ball hitting into the front of the Somerset <laughs> Theater, wrecking all the hopes and dreams. Were you there that night it broke down? I was, yeah. I've the... heard that story twice already this week. People oh, yeah. People are still talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I remember when The Phantom Menace came in at midnight that night, uh, you know, projection... Most, most cinemas had projection down. Right. And no one was going to let it screw up. Yeah. But the Somerset cinema broke. I guess it was the only cinema that broke the print that night. Yeah. And it was in Variety magazine. Yeah. Uh, because everyone waited for it. Because it was the last like minute of the movie or something. Uh, yeah. And it was very dramatic, right in the wrong yeah. time. And people waited for the end. Of, and people stayed in the end credits just to get the phone number, the phone. 1-800-PHONE-THX so they complained. Yeah. It's already happened to Hateful Eight. Yeah. And, and, and there, there have been articles saying, you know, 70 millimeter doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's it. All it, it, it has nothing to do with film. It has everything to do with Competence. what projectionists. <laughs> yeah, are you, do you have real projectionists work in the theater, or, or the, do you have kids? Yeah. The same guy popping the popcorns, running your, you know, hundred thousand dollar seventy millimeter project print. That's it's scary. Place. It is scary. The um, so you guys are going to go to Toronto to um, see Hateful Eight on Boxing Day. We're Boxing seeing, Day. We're seeing the Wild Bunch. On 70 millimeter at the light box, and following that, we're going to see the Hateful Eight at the Varsity. That's a double bill. It's probably a bad double bill. It's probably not a good idea to go see the Hateful Eight before one of the best westerns ever made. If you're yeah. Like, if you like going to see 2001: A Space Odyssey before Force Awakens, it's like um, to be disappointed. It's like Louis C.K. It's like me going on stage after Louis C.K. or something. <laughs> I believe in you. I think it'd be great. What is Louis C.K. in? I saw him in a... He's in Trumbo. There you go. Which starts this week. To get on track. Thank you. I love that trailer. Trumbo, which has an insane cast. It's uh, besides for Brian Cranston, who's in the the title role. It has Helen Mirren, who's the person that I always joke about, that if we could show a Helen Mirren movie once a month, we would Hmm. have more money in the bank. They can (laughs) open up two lands down. Yeah, she's, she's a fan favorite here at the Mayfair. Uh, but then it's got like um, Louis C.K., John Goodman, Elle Fanning, people I'm forgetting about. Oh, Alan Tudyk for, for nerds from uh, Firefly fame is in it. Uh, and I didn't know this till till looking at our little blurb. Uh, Jay Roach directed yeah. it of of Austin Powers yeah. fame. 
but I know the past couple it's years, film. he's been he's been um, <laughs> doing more dramas. He did yeah. a couple HBO things and stuff like yeah, that. The poster should say from the director of Ace Ventura, the pet detective comes from <laughs> both. I, I I always think whenever it's not the director, no, uh, Austin Powers. Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. <laughs> that's, that's, see, I shouldn't be on the radio. <laughs> the uh, but I think this none is, of us should be. No, <laughs> no. That, that's the catch with podcasts. Our fact checking is impeccable. <laughs> yeah, our research. You you know, we don't have to get hired. We don't have have to have no. any um, pedigree. We just show up and do this. And that, that's the blessing and the curse of podcasts. Is yeah. anyone can do a podcast. Yeah. So the bad news is we didn't have to pass a test or <laughs> do anything. Just uh, Andrew, Andrew has a microphone, and we can do this. And, and people now, don't have to listen either. No, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you people who are listening, it's your own fault. I booked, um, I did my, all my bookings this week on a train from Chatham, Ontario to Ottawa. Yes. And it was the best office view I've ever had. And this morning I got up and saw that the SAG nominations were all mostly Trumbo. Oh, interesting! Wow. And yeah. I thought to myself, well, I keep I'm waiting for the distributor to call me and pull it on us. Ah, no! I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, yeah. it's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, it's 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 good timing. Um, I think right now for us to show the film. Well, we we had it's always like good luck, bad luck in booking around awards. I have learned since being Mayfair related, but I, it seemed to recall like maybe the last couple years we've had very good luck of kind of booking things just when a nomination happens yeah. or when it wins something. I or, sort of feel like last year when the when the nominees came out, we had a bunch of things it was crazy, already yeah. booked that, that... And they and they let us keep them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because Birdman, I seem that, to recall, we had like right at the right time. Maybe Gravity had right we, at the right time. We had our John Hughes Film Festival right at the oh, right time. Oh, <laughs> we, we have a bad tradition of killing our beloved <laughs> filmmakers. Um, I was... Uh, so I get up every morning at 7.20, mm-hmm. and I get my son on the bus at 8 o'clock a.m. so he can get to school on time. Yeah. And we wait for the school bus exactly where the OC Transpo picks up adults and brings them to their work. Right. And on the side, you know those big ads they have on the side of the OC Transpo bus? There's a big ad for Brooklyn. Ah, yeah. starts at the Bytown on Friday. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, those, those, it would make sense for me. I mean, the Bytown's great, and it's gonna, they're going to make more money for the distributor than any other cinema it could right. open in this weekend. But I have a feeling that the ad is on the side of the bus, not for the Bytown, but for some chain cinema to be showing it, where it's not opening in Ottawa. Yeah. And it, just makes, it just made me think that distributors don't understand Ottawa at all. <laughs> I, I've well, seen that. sometimes I sort of feel like they don't really understand how to promote things. Yeah. There was the long, for the longest time in the Rideau Centre, there's this random poster under a set of escalators, and they would change it every week, yeah. and I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who noticed. And then for a while, it was like that the um, Princess and the Frog or whatever, yeah. and then it, that stayed for like six months straight. We're starting Room next Friday on the is that the 18th, on the 18th. Yeah, the 18th. The, it's Boxing Day on the 18th is Boxing Day by the way I'm seeing The, the Force Awakens yeah. twice on yeah. the 17th <laughs> or whatever and the 18th will be like going back to the store and, and the 26th is Hanukkah yeah. <laughs> or Kwanzaa but the, so we're starting the room on the room, 18th room room, room, room. sorry room <laughs> sorry not the Tommy Wiseau movie and you can still go to Silver City and they have a big lit up box for the poster and at the land, uh, the landmark cinema in Orleans. How nice of them! Yeah, I know, and <laughs> we're showing it. Can you can you like, sneak in and put a Mayfair tag on it, like just it, on the? Oh, <laughs> we should. We should. It, it's just sad though that the managers have no control. The manager in Ottawa must know he's they're never going to show room at Landmark in Orleans. Yeah. But they have this poster hanging. 
singing. It's playing at the competition. Yeah. I don't know. It's like we don't hang posters for The Force Awakens or no. who shouldn't be talking about it on the yeah. show, yeah. probably. <laughs> but, That's uh, why we didn't pass our podcast. It's weird how, how, how Sisters is being promoted. Well, They're doing jokes about Star Wars. Yeah, the, that happened in 1999. I can't remember what film it was, but when The Phantom Menace came out that weekend, it was sold out all weekend. Yeah. So the, the, the film, the, the, the chick flick that came out that weekend did really well. Yeah. So Sisters is following that. They're, 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 they'll probably do very well. Yeah. These people are going to go to the cinemas not even hoping to buy tickets for, for the, almost the Phantom Menace before Force Awakens. <laughs> I wonder how, we'll do, how well we'll do on the 18th. I, I, I always am maybe guilty of being two rose-colored glasses, but I think I maybe... I what are you programming? Yeah. The room. <laughs> the room. room. Yeah. Sorry, not... Well, but, that's a, well, Room is a good movie to program on. But I think there's enough people... There, there's a small enough fan base, or a small enough base of people shockingly, who don't care about science fiction. Oh, no. So they'll be coming, hopefully, here to most see... Most people I know have yeah. sex most lives. Most people... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people I know have sex lives. That's what I hang out with them, to take notes. <laughs> um, like, when I'm at the Shailishin, and I'm at the bar... I feel like I'm the only people I can talk about with Star Wars is my kids and you guys because yeah. when I'm at the bar, they, they look at me like, you like space <laughs> movies too much. It's like, I don't like Star Wars because it's set in space. But uh, yeah, it's almost cool not to like Star Wars. Yeah. It was in the 77. I remember when that movie came out, my babysitters didn't like Star Wars. Like, pop, pop. Yeah. Come on. And they smoked drugs. And they smelled yeah. like pot in my house. And I was too young to know what pot was. But uh, yeah, it is cool. Especially if you like movies, it's cool not to like the mainstream. Yeah, and we don't need... You know, we, we don't need thousands of people to show up that weekend. We only have 325 seats. So, so we, I'm working alone, guys. Yeah, Everybody's gone everybody. to see Star Wars, so yeah. I have to do everything. In the history of the Mayfair, too, though, that week leading up to Christmas is the slowest week of attendance, or one of the slowest weeks right. of attendance. But everything after Christmas is big for us because people don't know what to do with themselves yeah. all the time off. Yeah. So we'll and they're hungover, and they need somewhere to stick their kids. Oh, yeah. I want to be hungover in eggnog. <laughs> I want to go home and have eggnog right now. Um, yeah. But Trumbo looks great. I haven't seen Trumbo, and it made me think this morning while I was in the shower for three hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about the force away. <laughs> Washing my tears away. Uh, I know, I, it makes me think, I'm glad I waited to see it here. There's a few, like Room and Trumbo. Everyone's talking about those movies. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen them yet. I've so. seen Room at the Bytown. That's really good. Yeah, well, everyone says that. Everyone mm -hmm. says how good it is. And then I tell them. But when I say it, 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 it means, means something. something. <laughs> <laughs> it means something. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, uh, <laughs> headed down to New York City for a little pre-Christmas vacation on the 18th, which means, or sorry, on the 13th, which means on the 11th, I'm going to, I think, see three <laughs> movies here that day. So I'm going to come see I Smile Back and Trumbo, oh. and then take a little break, and then come back for Christmas Horror Story. Uh, and I predict I Smile Back is going to wreck me. <laughs> I think I'm just going to be... Uh, it looks great. It's yeah, got it really good reviews. But it's one of those movies where where it... it, it I, I think Sarah Silverman's going it, to... It's that, that tradition of comedians taking on a dramatic role. So I don't, I don't know if this will have Oscar buzz per se, but I think it's another step towards... I think she's going to be a very diverse actress in the years to come. I think she just got nominated for something. Oh, SAG? Is it the SAGs? It might have been for SAG. I just saw something on IMDb. Yeah. Because so we have yeah she got a SAG nomination for My Smile Back. Well there you go. So so two of our movies that we're, we have starting on uh, Friday December 11th are already starting to garner awards, and then sooner or later the Oscar when when do the Oscar nominations get? January. They January. wait till January. I thought it was earlier for some reason. Um, so yeah so two two award caliber films starting, and then our our fun Christmas horror story. It's a Christmas horror story. 
is on the uh, the late late show. That's time also slot. SAG nominated. Film. SAG nominated. Best <laughs> Krampus. It shouldn't be called SAG. I know it sounds terrible. There's this, there's a really cool, really funny Steve Martin sketch on Saturday Night Live where he's he he, he bumps into a woman. He bumps into her. Uh, he accidentally touches her breast, and he's like, "Oh, looks like someone's not nominated for a SAG award." Oh. <laughs> no one's listening now. No. <laughs> and with that, on that note, they turn the channel. But yeah, you made me think of World According to Garp. Yes. Oh no, Razor's Edge more. When I was a kid, I remember when Razor's Edge came out. I thought, isn't that strange that Bill Murray is not doing a funny movie? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, is is is. I smile back, her razor's edge. But then again, she's not famous for being in movies. She's famous for being a stand-up yeah. comedian. Yeah. And she's already done a little bit of drama because she had that supporting role in um, Sarah Polly's movie right. with, with uh, Seth Rogen. Take, yeah. Take the Swaltz. Yeah, which was really good. Yeah. Another yeah. heartbreaking so movie. Good, and even, like, even awful. <laughs> awful. Just, it's one of those movies that this is a very backhanded compliment because like some movies for me say like I you know, you'll you'll watch Muppet Christmas Carol every Christmas, or you watch Ferris Bueller every once in a while. But with movies like that, you're like, that was amazing. Good job, everybody. I'm never watching I'm that never again. Watching that <laughs> I'm again. never yeah. watching that again. Uh, and I honestly feel that School of Rock is one of the funniest films of the century. She's, she plays a dramatic role in that. Yeah. She's, she's not funny in that, and she's quite good. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> maybe it's not Razor's Edge, but... Maybe, maybe she doesn't have. Maybe she'll just be a dramatic actress. Maybe Could she'll be, stop yeah. being funny. Yeah, or, or kind of go back and forth a bit. Um, and then uh, another film we have this week, uh, which I've seen a rare time. I've seen a movie before it came here. Uh, All things must pass, which is Colin Hanks' documentary about Tower Records. Uh, I think this will appeal to anybody who has an attachment to, whether it be a comic store or a Mayfair theater mm-hmm. or or a. a Anything like that. A small business. A small that business like. that, that has people who work there who you have an attachment with. Uh, Tower oh, it Records, became a big business. Yeah, well, like a billion-dollar business. So it's a bit different that it, it, it made a ton of money. Have you ever been to a Tower Records? I, I was trying to think if I had. I, maybe the one in Toronto back in the day? There was one in Toronto, yeah. I've been to the one on, on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. There was a few of them in L.A. at the time. And, yeah, that was, they were fun. It's... But yeah, there was one in Toronto. I remember where, yeah, yeah. It was near San, the record man, like across yeah. the street, down a bit, off to the side. Yeah. But just even like our, our neighbors here, like, like they're not chains, but like House of Target across the street or Black Squirrel Books. And when you see, it's a very, you see these band of misfits being interviewed. And of course, the, the contractual obligation of Dave Grohl having to be in every music documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he except worked. for the ones about Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah. Well, he worked at Tower Records. Yeah, it, Who it, worked it, at Tower Records? Dave Dave Grohl from uh, the Foo Fighters. Yeah, he worked there back in the day in, in uh, where was he? Wa- not he, Washington, Washington, the capital Washington, not Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. He worked there when he was a kid. But it's really it's a and it's and it's one of those um, Kickstarter movies which are happening more and more and more, which I really love. And and Colin Hanks I think did a really good job because this really easily could have been a pretty bland Talking Head documentary. But it looks really good. Lots of cool clips. Lots of good interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be someone super famous like Elton John talking about Bruce Springsteen, yeah, Bruce Springsteen, or just the people who work there, and kind of the fascinating story of it's it wasn't necessarily all Napster and the internet's fault. Like things were kind of going horribly wrong before then for records. Yeah, they and were and, they were expanding and they were kind of overextending themselves as a business. Yeah, so it wasn't just the internet. And it's filled with great music and everything, mm-hmm. but it's it's. It, 
it's something I'm always fascinated by as, as a collector, as somebody who has VHS tapes on a shelf and comic books on a shelf, uh, I think sooner or later, we're gonna live in a world where it's, it, it's happening quickly. It's all physical media is going away. And I think kids now might grow up with very Spartan looking apartments and, and living rooms and still have a collection of movies or comic books, but they'll all be in their tablet or computer. It seems less attractive, doesn't it? Like, let's imagine it's the year 2025 and The Hateful Eight was coming out in two weeks. Yeah. And in three months, it comes out on HD download. Yeah. I mean, I'd be more, I'd be like, I'd I can't wait to go buy The Hateful Eight Blu-ray when it comes out, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I'm going to download it right away when it's available on iTunes or... Yeah. And I think I, it's, it's almost like with, with music, there's music fans who like going out to festivals. Uh, with movies, there are people who like going out to movies. Mm -hmm. But for the at-home stuff... Or, and you'll yeah. see it in comic stores, they're getting more and more savvy about having game nights, having ladies' nights, having artists and writers in for autograph sessions because not as many people are buying the, the comic book anymore, so they they got to sell belt buckles. And yeah, I like having friends over... And they come to my basement and they look through my Blu-rays that are on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. Do kids today have like their hard drives lined up? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> and even through hard drives. It's like it's like I hate to say it, but probably like browsing through Netflix. Yeah, it's just folders or like looking for your assignment. Yeah, well, even like friends of mine well, now really, who are who are all <laughs> set up with um, stuff. Like, yeah, it, it is like that. They have they have it all like collected online and. I wonder if it's almost going to be collections like that. Because even now, I have friends or I have like uh, Kickstarter stuff of comic books. And it's like, donate $10 and get a digital copy of the book. and Or donate like 30 and get a physical copy of the book. And I think that's happening more and more. Mm -hmm. And and I always in this conversation, I always say that... that I, and I know like there was a time where movie theaters were really scared of video stores and then really scared of Netflix. But what I hope and what I see is... There's always going to be, you know, if you're going out on a date, you want to go out on a date. If you're going out to see something like It's a Wonderful Life, or if you're bringing the kid, you want to get the kids the hell out of the house. So that's the hope of, of live concerts and live theater. And you could just stay at home and put in a CD and listen to Beethoven, or you can go but to the NAC Orchestra. And chill on a first date makes you sound like a pervert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mayfair and chill, completely yeah, different. Yeah, totally different. <laughs> maybe, but maybe there'll be, always be... Blu-rays available. I mean, yeah, not, just less. Well, yeah, like, like, you'd have like to order vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah vinyl yeah. never totally went away. It just became kind of a boutique thing. And and there, there, maybe instead of them, do you have a boutique at home? It became a boutique I thing do. because literally there was like one vinyl press in the Czech Republic or something that was yeah. still producing vinyl. Mm -hmm. And now the market is expanding again. Mm -hmm. And with Tower Records closed in LA, there's a Meeva. Meeva is there now. Okay, Amoeba yeah. is the new Tower Records of Los Angeles. I wonder if Amoeba is going to be in the dock. Do you think they're going to no. be? No. No? No. <laughs> Why not? Well, I mean, they it's don't. It's all, it's all about, yeah. Yeah, Tower. but it, it, is, it is there because everything else closed down. And like going to LA and shopping, I mean, I don't shop for clothes, but uh, Amoeba Records. I don't know why you looked at me. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mean to look at you. I meant to look at a woman. <laughs> you haven't. Yeah, I just. Andrew's got the pointy shoes. <laughs> Andrew's Andrew's the only one at the table without a logo on his shirt. Andrew's the only one wearing a nice shirt. And but he's not wearing pants, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's so a podcast. They, you don't need to wear pants. <laughs> but yeah, it's the only place I go to spend money in, in LA is at Amoeba Records. Um, but yeah, I used to like traveling and buying laser discs. Yeah. And, and, and DVDs eventually. Um, going to New York City and going to Kim's Underground. 
Um, will there be a documentary about Blockbuster? That'd be, that'd be a boring documentary. Yes, it would be. We're not going to be talking about it here, I guess, because we'll probably not be screening it. But yeah, there's something a little cooler about Tower Records. Yeah. And, and, and it's even now, like, and I think, too, where if a city and country cannot support giant chains, my theory has been kind of like the big stores are going to close down, but there's enough customers to go to a Black Squirrel Books because they don't need to sell a thousand books a day or these little, little record stores, little comic shops kind of thing. So it's, it's interesting, that it's, it, but then it's going to be online and small shops. That's it. And like, there'll be people who want their book on paper. Because I, I collect comics, and it's the most illogical thing. I have a, a closet filled with like a dozen long boxes of comic books. Not hey, condoms. But no, condoms. comic books, yeah. I'm a, yeah, that's a different collection. The, but paper is really heavy, takes up a lot of space, and now all the companies are offering digital downloads that you could purchase, and I could just do that and still support the the artists and writers and publishers I like. And not have to move those boxes. Oh, my God. Books if you decide to move. Oh, my God. They're, they're, I can confirm or deny there's, like, 20 boxes of comic books in my mom's basement. Like, 20. And if push came to shove, I don't... You've it, had to put in extra support toys yeah, on the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would be... I would make a house out of that and live <laughs> live in them. I'd be like, bury me with my comic books. Um but yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting documentary, really good documentary, and it's one of those ones that... Oh yeah, I forgot you watched it. I did, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, a rare time it where, uh, like, I only watched it because I'm going to be out of town. Right. So I watched our, like, screener of it, and, right. and, um, and I love the big screen. I like watching big screens, but I'm in New York all next week, and every, every time I leave the city for... They don't have any big screens in There's New no York. big screens in New York. <laughs> I was curious about that. I, I, I know there's everything in New York, but I want to try to maybe hit a couple of... I'm sure of all the cities in the world, there must be a couple of cool Mayfair theaters still surviving in New York. The one, the one that closed, there was a, there was a really nice really? one that William Lustig was always at and showing films. Yeah. And every time we go to L.A., they'd be showing a Door Swisherman movie or something. It's closed. L.A. still has the cool cinemas. Yeah. But New York... They're all gone too, eh? Wow. I went to see... The, not the master. What was his last uh, inherent vice uh, on thirty five when I was there in Times Square? But it was like a chain cinema. Right. Like, yeah. There's no real cool cinema in New York, New York anymore. And unfortunately. The, chains, the last time I was there, I and I went to a chain cinema. There was definitely like a rat that touched my. Ah, <laughs> that's part that's of the trick. Don't take your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> but that, isn't that fascinating that like New York City does not have? They don't have a the, cute cinema. They don't a Mayfair. have a cool well, toy store anymore. Yeah. Halfway Schwartz closed. Times Square's uh, Toys R Us is cut in half. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, David Letterman's not there anymore. There's barely nope. any reason to go to New God, York City. God, where am I City. going? <laughs> See, I, we're going... Um, Just hang out in Brooklyn the whole time. Yeah. We're, we're gonna oh, go I couldn't go to Brooklyn, all those hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the food's good. Even Brooklyn's not cool anymore. <laughs> the, uh, we're going to see some comedy, some Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, we might go and, and see like Colbert or something like that, but then it's just it's New York, so you just I like just walking around and being there. Go to comic shops, go eat pizza, that kind of stuff. A few times I've gone to New York on Monday nights. You could always go catch Woody Allen at Michael's Pub. Yes, you could just walk in, sit down right in front of him for two hours and watch him play clarinet. Call him a pervert for two hours? <laughs> no, I would never do that. The first time I went, Mia Farrow was at the bar. Yeah. The second time I went, Soon Yi was at the bar. <laughs> uh, now his films are so popular, you have to book six months in advance to get a table, and it's like a hundred and something dollars. I think. Well, you have. It's like a two hundred dollar dinner or something, isn't it? Well, and Michael, it's not at Michael's Pub anymore. At Michael's Pub, you didn't have to pay to get in; you just had to eat. Right. And it was an expensive restaurant, so we'd spend an average hundred dollars a plate. Right. But it was worth it. 
Yeah. Um, now I don't know if it charges admission, but you do have you can't just walk in and see them anymore. Yeah. Maybe you can stalk them getting into a limo after. Yeah. Uh, well, and that that's the cool thing is last time we were there, you you can still see cheap cool stuff in New York because we went to Upright Citizens Brigade and saw two shows for five bucks each. One wow. was Mike Brabiglia, who did that movie um, Sleepwalk, Sleepwalk with me, me, which is really good. Really good. Really good. And then the other one was um, Scott Atsit and John Lutz from Thirty Rock. And Scott Atsit was also a voice in um, Big Hero 6. But two, like, crazy great comedians uh, doing improv. And you watch them. And I was kind of in their eyeline a couple times. And they were doing, like, dramatic acting. And it was, like, the best improv I've ever seen. And it cost $5. And so you can, wow. th that's fun. That's cool. You should maybe go to the cellar door and maybe you'll see, like, Chris Rocket on stage or we something. We were thinking the exact thing, yeah. Because uh, Gwen just went through and watched uh, Louie. And she was like, I wonder if that club we can just go to. I'm like, I'm pretty sure yeah, we you'll can. Yeah, ne you never know who will get on stage. Yeah, and so I think we might go check that out. Um, Maybe Bill Cosby. No. <laughs> <laughs> I caught, in high school, I caught uh, a streetcar named Desire starring Alec Baldwin, Jessica Lange, oh, wow. and James Galdofini. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. That wasn't cheap. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's get back on track. Uh, Gremlins. We're showing Gremlins this week. Uh, in honor of Christmas. We've got a lot of cool, fun Christmas things ranging from the classics to the monster movies. And uh, my favorite thing about Gremlins is how wonderfully fake it is for the city, the town. It's, it's Hill Valley. It's Hill Valley, yeah. yeah. And you, you can tell it's just like potato flakes, snowflakes. And yeah. you can tell it's people just sweating in their, in their toques and scarves. It's a California depiction of winter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I saw that here... Um, on film back in the day, and it broke. And it broke, like, almost at the perfect time. It, it, it could have been better. Like, it broke in the theater when the gremlins were watching yeah. the movie, yeah. and they fixed it. But it, it broke and burned right in there. And I was like, oh, that's not supposed to happen quite yet. Um, <laughs> was that our print? Uh, no, that was before this time. Uh, that was, oh, like, okay. back in my high school days. Um, so, yeah, so gremlins we have on Wednesday at 6.45. And then we have our... Christmas edition screening of The Room on Saturday night at 11. So that's The Room, where we were saying, I said, man, I wish we had The Room and Room at the same they're time. They're both nominated for Star Awards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we can coordinate things so that both posters are, are outside. And, and I'll, I'll fulfill Andrew's wet dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone needs to. In case Thursday night goes bust. <laughs> what about everyone's talking about James Frank in this photo? There's two photos now of James Frank? Yeah, well, it's funny is I got home uh, a couple nights ago, and my friend Amy in Montreal, who, who uh, she, she and Roxy, two, two of my best friends, they love the room. Uh, a few years ago, when Tommy was here the first time, I got to introduce Roxy to Tommy, oh, which was the weirdest, like, shaking it. It was, like, it was hilarious. And then Greg wrote a nice little inscription in his book for them. And so, so they're, they're intertwined with our Mayfair room history. Uh, but she sent me a picture of... of the Franco brothers in costume. It's like uncomfortable how much James Franco's it's brother amazing. looks like Greg yeah. with like really bad eyebrows. Though. Yeah, he's not as attractive. No, he just looks like Greg, but with like really bad eyebrows. Maybe yeah, they'll fix like, the eyebrows for the actual. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and he's more attractive. He's less attractive than Greg Sestero, but somehow James Franco's more attractive. I guess most By people. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hilarious. I'm a, I'm I just know who's gonna go see this movie. Well, Are only f fans of the room going to see this movie. Or is it for everybody? Is this an independent film, or do they have like studio backing? Or uh, I don't know. It makes me wonder that because what was that film we showed with James Franco recently? Uh, 
Palo Alto? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a major release. No. Yeah. And he's um, in Vim Vender's new movie that's right, coming out. Right, right, right. So maybe not. Maybe it is going to be an independent release. But there's so many stars now lo- like jumping on, on, on Kate the Kate Upton's show. in it. Yeah. I, who, who's she going to play? I don't know. <laughs> Kate Upton. She can't and play. Who was just announced today? Seth Rogen's in it, but there's some big yeah. I think, uh, what's, what's that actress's name? She was in the Australian lady who was in Silver Linings Playbook. I think oh, she's oh, playing. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's in it. Oh, wow. She's playing yeah. the mom, the, the, I have breast cancer. And then the, and then the, um, the kind of the, the <laughs> Zac Efron. Zac Efron's going to be in it. Yeah. And they, they know them from working on The Neighbors, Dave Franco and Seth Rogen. So it's, the movie's going to be too handsome, I think. I, yes. I, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, a they 300... Need to watch it again. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a $300 million blockbuster, but I think it does have a chance of being like Ed Wood, you know, like a, a cult favorite, maybe, you know, get some... People are going to get confused. They're going to see the room, and they're going to think it's really good. Yeah. And they're going to wonder why Justin Franco is making a movie. Being like, <laughs> I hope. I hope for seniors come to see the room this weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't know who's going to go see it. Only fans. That are, like, you know, Ed Wood, I guess some people went to see Ed Wood without being Ed Wood fans. Yeah. But, but I don't think that movie was really a hit. I mean, I got Oscar... Right, stuff. won an Oscar. Yeah, won an Oscar. Oscar Martin stuff. Lando. Here's your Oscar stuff. Did I say Oscar We're stuff? Around the corner for you to pick up Martin Lando. <laughs> <laughs> Martin well, Lando. I think it's, it's probably a low enough budget film, and I'm sure Seth Rogen's not getting the paycheck that he got for you know Neighbors or anything. So it might be too much of an in joke. Yeah, uh, but we're only we, you know it'd be nice to show it. Actually, I bet you when it's available, that well, Tommy Mayfair, be, be ha- will Tommy, Tommy get... will call and say you ah. can't show the make what the disaster artist in the room and the. Same well, I saw an it. interview with him where he was talking about, like, he had been talking with James Franco. He calls him Franco. He's like, yeah, I talk to Franco all the time. <laughs> I, I'm, I, he's being particularly difficult from what I can understand. Uh, Greg Sestero will be on set. Yeah. Uh, will Tommy, I don't, Tommy has, I don't see how Tommy could ever be in this movie. No. Because Tommy's so Tommy. Yeah. He, well, who is he going to play? Like, he, him making a cameo might take you right out of the movie. Yeah, or, I, I think that would be, I don't think they're, I think. I don't. Why would he have anything to do with it? I think like, they're probably not even interested in it. Well, they do that to make it seem like uh, they're on their side. Like when Karate Kid came out, they uh, when they remade the Karate Kid with Jackie Chan and what's his nuts, uh, Will Smith's son, yeah, Little, Little Smith. They tried to get, they tried to get um, Ralph Martin? Macchio and Martin, Martin yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And Martin, had, Mar- they both had said no, and Martin even said no to them, and then. But they really want their support because they want to. They don't want fans of the Karate Kid the not money. to go see it yeah. because Martin Cove and Matt Ralph Macchio don't want anything to do with it. So on the day, and Martin Martin told me they, they had the LA premiere of the Karate Kid, and Martin had said no, and they, I guess they, they they felt there was some bad feelings. So Martin was home with his kid. Martin Cove plays the. Um, the bad guy. The leader of the Cobra Kai's. Uh, yeah. So, he, in the original Karate Kid. So, he's at home with his son watching movies, and Will Smith calls him. He's like, what are you doing right now? He you want to come to the L.A. premiere? And they picked him up in a limousine, and they brought him to the L.A. premiere, and they spent the whole night with Will Smith. And in a way, it was they won him over. Yeah. And then Martin called him. He's like, that's ah, so goodly. It's so good. Jackie Chan's <laughs> excellent. I know Jackie Chan's going to be excellent in the movie. He but is Martin, excellent in that movie. The, you don't sound like the man I was talking to a week ago who was so up against this movie. Um, what's that called? There must be a word for that, where you stroke someone's ego enough to uh, flattery get get them to make <laughs> yeah. money for you at the box office. Well, I think with the room flattery, that nobody is actually a fan of the room who actually likes the room. So I don't think that it's it's kind of more of an at ironical. At least parents fan really base. like that movie. 
Whose parents? Your parents. Yeah, my parents. <laughs> I lent them the, the, our Blu-ray in the room, and they they really enjoyed it. They didn't understand why people don't like it. They Weird. thought it was a good drama. Oh, you should meet them. <laughs> Tommy should get a quote from them for the, the Blu-ray case or something. I want you to enjoy your evening tonight, Mel, and all of you, actually. I'm going to hit the road, but I'll listen to you in the car. It doesn't Wait, work that way, Lee. You can't. No? <laughs> what is a podcast, anyway? <laughs> Lee has to smoke bomb out of here to be a responsible parent and pick up his children from school. Um, yeah, with the room, I, yeah, I don't think anyone's intending disaster artists to make $300 million. No, it's probably going to be like a small independent production. And, and like I have recommended, I, I haven't read the book with my... It'll probably be like a straight to iTunes thing. Like I do yeah. a little theatrical run with, with an iTunes release, I guess. Yeah, and like I, I listened to the, the book, the audio book, which I recommend over and over again that Greg read. And I've told people, like, even if you don't know what the room is, just going into the book knowing, here's an actor who worked on a weird movie. That's all you need to know. And it's a fascinating book. Uh, and so maybe there'll be enough of just like with the names and hopefully get a couple good reviews. And if anything, maybe it'd be good for Tommy because despite it being this cult phenomenon, there's still a lot of people who haven't seen it. So maybe people who go see Disaster Artist will then go see The Room afterwards. Like maybe after Ed Wood, DVD or VHS sales, whatever it was at the time, increased for old Ed, yeah, Ed, Ed Wood Yeah, it's movies. only good for, for Tommy Wiseau's room cottage industry yeah and 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 if he does say we can't show the room and disaster artists it might be this interesting like calling a bluff and see what happens <laughs> like i like wouldn't be surprised if he did say that yeah you know what i mean because he's asked us before not to call it the worst movie ever made which it is yeah and, like a bunch of stuff like that you know so yeah and that's weird too because and when when he came last time he was like People were asking Greg to sign the book and asking him to sign the he book. He was signing it, yeah. But he was like but crossing out. He wasn't out. signing it. Yeah. He was like he was crossing like, out parts of the book. He was and defacing just like it. Opening it halfway. Yeah, like but I think he. I think he was still. It. Yeah. Well, he signed our our Coke uh, ad or for no reason. That, um, yeah. Whatever you call it. You sell that on eBay, make a fortune. <laughs> Tommy was O fans on the internet. Um, if we ever get James Franco here, we should get James Franco to sign. it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm looking forward to it just because I'm 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 a fan of those guys. I, I I've liked other he didn't stuff. Sign they've been. it. He defaced it. He defaced it. it like yeah. Yeah. No. Now. Yeah. <laughs> what we should do, yeah we should just have it kind of on display. He wrote like, like heart. He wrote like hearts. He drew like hearts. I tried on to it. clean it off and it won't yeah. come off. It sucks. <laughs> because if he just like walked around the theater and was just like signing chairs. Basically what he did. <laughs> but it, it's it's uh, it's one of those things that. It was almost happening for a little while, like the Disaster Artist movie, and now that it's like really, it's, it's as soon as like that first photo hits the internet, and now I'm, I'm like, now that it's really happening, I just want to hear more and more from Tommy, like, because you think sooner or later he's gonna pipe up. Like, I don't know if he had a reaction to Franco posting stuff on on Twitter, but like this is just gonna keep on going because if they're filming right now, so they'll film for the next, if it's a little like six weeks, couple mm -hmm. months, whatever they're filming for. And then it'll be out there, and it'll, it'll be more of an excuse for Tommy to talk about stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, and then... I'm just totally in camp, like, no. I'm, I'm team, <laughs> team Greg. Team Greg, yeah. like... And, and, but then, if, you know, you think Greg will be interviewed on the talk shows or in, in Entertainment Weekly magazine and stuff like that... I assume so. He hasn't, like, okay, so, like, the book came out, but he didn't... Did he... 
and he came with Tommy here, and like but then he, I think he they were promoting the room, but yes. he was going around with copies of his book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then like people were wanting him to sign. But Tommy wouldn't let him even sell copies well, of his book he here. Was, he had his underwear to sell. Right. We had that that table of underwear that made us look like a which was a so flea weird. Market. Just like, so he was <laughs> just, to have that there was you know that distracted him that kept him happy all the yeah all the yeah underwear. but like what I'm saying is he forbade Greg from selling his books here. And then Greg That's came right. on his own. But that didn't matter because people ha- were showing up with copies of it and they had tons of chapters he was you know so yeah it wasn't like it was impossible for people to get their hands on it but when Greg came granted but I think that he really wanted it to be yeah like mm-hmm. oh, and yeah, the way yeah. that he was acting towards people who brought the book up was like pretty not nice yeah like, well I, it's weird with him because like he'll you know completely you know talk shit about the book and about the movie and yet he's still talking to James Franco and he's still kind of participating because it's still good publicity for him whether yes. he admits it or not. I-, I had a feeling that Greg and Tommy here was like maybe the last time Greg and Tommy were ever going to do See one of each these. each other? Yeah. Well, the way that it was too was like Greg was sort of on his phone. And you and you think like... He's always on his phone. Like they were... Except, well, well, except no. when Greg, Greg was here last. When he was here by on himself. On his own. By himself. It's like when Greg is here with Tommy... He's, he's not allowed he's, to do anything. His boss is around. <laughs> yeah. Well. But but I, but I think I think now you're right. I think Greg on his own was a much different, happier beast. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you know if if Greg is invited to Colbert to talk about the disaster artist movie, he's not going to have Tommy with him. You know. And and I think like. I, yeah. Which is well, they better, have an like, off and on thing where it's like, yeah. you know, Lee will tell me, like, they're not talking right now. Oh, they're talking again. Oh, yeah. they're not talking right now. So. And, and I warn people if they are fans of... I, I'm always very um, hesitant about the, the, the room genre of film because if you're watching an old monster movie with bad effects, you know, a Godzilla-type film, and you're laughing at it, it's kind of... that's the But these modern bad movies, there's a real sense of almost like a... Of, of bullying, laughing at them, kind of, and 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 then on the heels of the room came like stuff like you know Birdemic or or all these other kind mm-hmm. of films, and but it's it's a whole genre into itself, like like and it's no different. Like I, I like bad movies sometimes, but it seems to me now like more and more of these these people making an independent film with a bit of money, and then knowing that it people go, nobody going to it is thinking they're going to see a good movie. Like, nobody has gone to the room thinking it's going to be a good movie. Oh, since yes. Like, what yeah. is it that we were showing? Well, it was we Sam- had that, Samurai were, were Cup you there? and Samurai Cup 2. Yeah. Were, were you there that night where we had that old lady show up with, no. with oh, her son yeah. or something? And she, yeah. uh, by the end of the night, she was crying because she didn't realize that it was like a screening where people yell things. They're supposed yeah. to yell things. And she was so offended. Like, it, I'm like, I, I'm so offended that I wanted to see a nice movie. And people are I mean, to be fair, people are pretty offensive. Yeah. And, and it's like luck of the draw, because I know there was like one night where, where security guard Nick was saying like nobody was doing anything. Yeah. But then sometimes... Yeah, there's some nights where it's, it's newbies, right? Yeah. And at least like Rocky Horror has some, especially here, has some, some rules and supervision. Whereas I've noticed it, it's few and far in between, but once I worked the room a little while back, and it was a madhouse. Like it was just... 
there was no even like, here's a funny thing, retort. Here's a funny thing, retort. I feel like there's no pause. As soon as the movie yeah. starts, it's just like, blah, 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 blah. Well, I worked once here, and it was for a rental for Carlton. And I, if I remember correctly... <laughs> like a flash night? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> no, no, sir. I, I, I had come to the 7 o'clock show, and the, the, the frosh was the 9 o'clock show. And it was, it was Ferris Bueller, or Animal House, oh. or something that I hadn't seen in a while that I was like, oh, maybe I'll stick around and watch it. And just like the Paramount logo came up on screen, and it was 300 kids just... Rah! It sounds like there's an earthquake. And I was like, we could just have a blank screen. We should have the fireplace yeah, yeah, showing. Like, <laughs> no, they were, yeah, we were showing like uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. And it's like, what, what's the point? Yeah. Like, just turn the volume down a little bit. because You guys could save a couple bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just stand in here and scream for a couple of hours. But I don't <laughs> Turn the lights off. But I love <laughs> that night because uh, uh, I always forget I'm a grown up. <laughs> but the school bus filled with uh, university oh kids God. pulls up. And some kids are getting off the bus, and they look fine, they look whatever. But some were just deers in the headlight. Like, they, this was, like, the first time they were anywhere without their parents. This is the first time they're in a different city. Mm-hmm. And you just see them. And I was like, oh, my God. They're about to be broken. And I was like, oh, that's what 19 was like. You know, I, I kind of forget. But And then they came in here and screamed at Ferris Bueller for 90 minutes and went back home, went back yeah. to the, the dorm. But, but yeah, so it, the the... The cult participation screening is an interesting phenomenon of fun versus mass chaos. Like Sharknado, I don't recall being too bad because um, we only showed it a couple times. And um, the other one, the Neil Br- Neil Bren Neil Breen Neil, Neil film. Mm-hmm. Besides people starting to show, throw shoes, to which I put a halt to, uh, that was that was fairly decent and actually did have. I came on the first night of that because I wanted to, on the off chance that it became the next room, I wanted to be able to be like, I was here the first night before people were screaming. And but people were screaming. People were screaming. A couple times people said something funny, and then a dude started to throw shoes. And I was like, you know, how would you like, and it, it was like, it was a grown person, and I was talking to like a kindergarten student, but I was like, how would you like it if you got hit in the head with a shoe? And he was like, well, I wouldn't like that. I'm like, well, don't throw your shoe then. <laughs> Logic would dictate. There are people sitting in front of you. Yeah. Don't throw a shoe. Like, if you're doing Rocky Horror and you're, even even, even the room, like, be, don't throw metal spoons. Be, everyone be careful with each other. What was I feel that? like forks are a bad idea, too. Yeah. spindles are tiny. I even saw some sporks at a room There's once. There's knives sometimes, <laughs> like, guys. <laughs> I was, what was it? I was watching some documentary and they were saying, the, the, the movie, it might have been the Canon Films documentary, and the movie got such a bad response at... Um, oh, the people were throwing... Throwing their, their, their cards, or throwing something, and it was like hitting the screen. And sticking into oh, it. Oh, no, that, that was a Canon movie called The Apple. The Apple, yes. Which apparently is, it's like a, it's a musical, futuristic musical. Yeah. And apparently it's awful. And they... they, they and they, uh, I think it played at a film festival. Yeah. It, it came out in like 1980, and... They had a, an opening night where they gave out complimentary soundtracks. That's and by what the was, end yeah. of the night, they were tossing the soundtrack LPs at the screen. Yeah, so people were throwing their albums and wrecking the screen. Could you imagine? Like, I hear about these reactions that people yeah. have to things, and it's like, are movies just really boring now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, when you hear about people tearing up the seats and all that, I don't think that happens anymore or were people just savages i think there were savages. I think people i think i think because you know again i'm going to blame the cell phone generation people are more passive now like people are too busy looking up 
Tinder to like get angry at a film and try and rip the seats up. <laughs> but that's good, right? We don't want people well, to. Well, no, yeah, I don't want people throwing anything at anything. People here at home alone. <laughs> Madness, chaos. Um, okay, cool. I think, wow, we actually, despite being horribly off topic for most of that, I think we actually hit our, our um, films this week. Uh, except for maybe just a quick mention of... It's a Wonderful Life. It's, it's a Wonderful Life uh, is Sunday at 4 o'clock. So that is Sunday the 13th at 4 o'clock, if you're listening to this before that. Uh, come see it. If you don't have an emotional reaction, there's something wrong with you. Like I, I said, that's one of those cornerstone films that if you, if you sit there dead-eyed watching It's a Wonderful Life, you maybe should go see a psychiatrist <laughs> or something. Because it's, it's a great film to see, especially a very time-travel film to see at the Mayfair. And my favorite part, a few years in a row now, is every people will hit Twitter or Facebook and with a, a photo of the movie theater, a screen grab of the movie theater, and with the quote of, like, like what does Jimmy Stewart yell? He yells, like, you know, Hello, Hello movie, movie house, yeah. you know? And, and, and so that's cool. And, but it's, and, and a lot of some of our, 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 our uh, frequent fan base, some of our, our, our VIP members haven't seen it. So there's been talk about that online of a bunch of people coming. And it's like... I know it's on TV every year. Everyone knows it's on TV every year, but if you have a chance to see it on the big screen, it's the way to see this film. Mm -hmm. Mostly, I hope everybody remembers to get their tickets ahead of time because yes. they are available already, and I feel like they will sell it because the, they did. At the, the fire, fire hall, hall? The, the Ottawa South. Or I'm Sunnyside. Yeah. Yeah, check out the website. It's presented through um, OSCA. Um, it'll be awesome. It'll be, and be, it's fall, but... It'd be great if there was snow on the ground for a screening of It's a Wonderful Life, but I don't think there will be. We just pretend there is. We're having a tropical Christmas this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I think that's about it for this week. Um, we're going to record another episode now, but you won't hear that till next week. Mm -hmm. We're going to sit on that for a week. Uh, thanks and for listening, everybody. Go to audible.com. Yes, of course. Download the Burt Reynolds Audible. Go to audible.com and eat pierogies. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> Go to audibletrial.com slash... Mayfair Theater Podcast. You can download a free book and go to House of Targ and eat pierogies. And you could sit. You could go to House of Targ and play pinball and listen to your Audible book while you of play the Burt Reynolds autobiography, oh, which I think he narrates himself. Oh, I got to listen to that. So I got to listen to that too. Cool. All hey, those stories about Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, and Sally Field. Cool. Okay, bye everybody. All right. Bye. See you later. Bye.